0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Just In The Think of Time. (laughs) Today, we've got a show for you that promises to be a show. And (laughs) Aptly described. Our level of preparedness and uh, wherewithal today. Yes. (laughs) And first, we would like to start off by mentioning to you that last week on the most proud team in F1 history arguably, had two of their cars crash into each other not even a minute into the race. But we're just starting here. This is where we're we're just having it out right now.
1: Man! I'm still not over it. And it's been like almost a full week. It'll be a week tomorrow, I guess. Yes. We should celebrate Uh, that every Sunday. Yeah, I think so. I think it's much like like, the life of Christ. Like, we should have a large service where we all just commemorate that time the two Ferraris just decked each other at the at their Red Bull ring. Ah. Uh, um, I don't even know. So, uh, go watch the crash because it is hilarious. And the footage you need of it in your life is Kimi Raikkonen's Onboard, right? So, for the less or uninitiated... You've got the two Ferrari F1 cars. The first one, Sebastian Vettel, is coming around a corner. He's like the old guy who's leaving at the end of the year. Then you've got the, um, the, like, young, young, new Ferrari driver, Charles Leclerc, coming up behind him. And behind them, in Ferrari's junior team, is the old retired teammate of the first guy. Watch his onboard, Kimi Raikkonen. He's finished. Um you're just gonna see it's the best way to look at it because it's just like you see everybody being stupid. You see Seb saying, Well, I'm not gonna swerve to avoid my teammate. Why would I do that? And you see Charles Leclerc going, like, oh, that's my teammate. Sucks to suck, bud. I bet I can just jump your car, and then quickly learning he cannot. Ugh. F1's a mess right now. Super good time to get into the sport because of it, I think. Like, it's a a lot of fun uh, to be watching and keeping up. But uh, don't become a Ferrari fan.
0: No. (laughs) Like, a headline notification popped up after the race that called that the lowest point in Ferrari's history.
1: (laughs) That's a fair assessment. I honestly don't think Ferrari have ever been this bad. Seriously. Amazing. I mean, so they have been, like, on the decline since the early 2000s. Since the end of the Schumacher era. And, like, you get Fernando Alonso in there, one of the best drivers in the world. He still can't win you a championship. Like, and he just won with Renault. So, like, I don't know what Ferrari can reasonably do at this point to make themselves a better side. I really think it's going to take a whole overhaul. I think the only piece left that's like somewhat untainted by all of this is Charles Leclerc. But Matteo Bonato, the team principal, I don't think is long for this job. I think most of the head engineers would leave if you left or be forced out if you left. I don't know, though, reasonably, what team principal they think could do better. Because in a lot of ways, Ferrari are a lot like the Huskers, where they're always going to be chasing this like former glory
0: that it's probably impossible to get back to now. Um, and, and do they have to have like a coach with Ferrari ties? Like we have to have somebody with Nebraska yeah. ties?
1: There's a lot of ties to tradition, not only in the racing side of the company, but the entire company. And then also the whole nation of Italy. You know. And I think like Ferrari, even if they found a good one, would be unlikely to pick a driver that came not from the continent of Europe. Like, that's just how they roll. I think it's sad. I think it's kind of dumb. But it
0: is what it is. Are, are there any like non-European drivers? Oh, yeah, Alex Albon's Thai. Oh, wow. Yeah, he grew
1: up in the UK. Um there have been American drivers in the past, but I don't think there are any right now.
0: And there are not. Isn't that F2 guy who's really good? Oh,
1: yeah, Lexi. I think there's an American in F2. Mm-hmm. Um there's a Mexican guy and an Australian guy, oh, Checo I and about the Danny Aussie. Rick.
0: Yeah. I forget Australia so, is a real place sometimes.
1: So, what is that? One, two, three, four of seven continents covered. Right? Yeah. General European randomness. A- High, uh, yeah. Alban's Thai, Rick's Aussie, Checos, Mexican.
0: So they're missing Antarctica, which is very unlikely. Um, right. But you never know. Maybe maybe a penguin could learn something. I would love to see a penguin F1 driver. <laughs> That's your next move, Ferrari. Get ahead of the curve. <laughs> if a penguin can't drive your car, <laughs> neither can a human. Um,
1: <laughs> I feel like this is discriminatory. I feel like all the drivers need to go onto the grid wearing Penguin Lives Matter shirts. No, they just need to be in those
0: penguin costumes. Mm. Like, okay, if if they were to race like that, and they had, like, no, like, finger controls, how would that change things? Well,
1: everyone would die. Because <laughs> um, I feel like that you lose all your dexterity on the ceiling when like, you've just got, like, two fuzzy penguin slippers in your, like, penguin costume. Mm-hmm. But also, like, you couldn't hit, like, the overtake button or the DRS button unless you're just, like, mashing all your buttons on one side at once with one flipper or the other. Like, I feel like it would make gear shifting really hard because it's paddle shifting.
0: You could just slap it around. God. (laughs) All right. Elsewhere in sports, um they're scheduled to return in america soon the united states of america i should say and the nba players have arrived in the bubble and let me tell you this thing is weird not only cuz you know people are in a like a literal <laughs> bubble where you just can't leave and all you can do is play sports it's like a bad nba 2k mode but <laughs> it is a lot like that <laughs> I've been thinking that the whole time. Yeah, it's like you take your My Player, you go to this hotel, and you can't leave, and you just play the people in it, you know? It feels a lot like um, Wii Sports Resort. That's an amazing
1: comparison. <laughs> it's this weird tropical place where, like, all you do is sports, you really only do one sport and then like like at least at least in Wii Sports Resort like you'd fly an airplane and then you hit somebody with a sword. Here it's just like want to play the boring basketball mode again? Well the basketball mode wasn't that bad. It got old yeah. after a while.
0: It did. We <laughs> and Plus when you actually like grew up and got to know real basketball games, Wii Sports Resort basketball seems kind of heavily childish compared to that, obviously. Right. Like you're like, this is completely different than what actual basketball is or should be. Not that it was trying right. to be realistic. It's just trying to be fun, but you know, once you go forward, it's hard to go back. <clears throat> right. In and of itself, it was fine. Yes.
1: Compared to the sport and also other games about the sport. It was trash.
0: Yes. But let me run down some main defense of the bubble so far. Oh God. The NBA has been, you know, big on making sure the bubble's fun for the players, you know? Because obviously if you're going to want to have your players go to eSports Resort for three months, you want to have them be entertained. So right. <laughs> Got to get that fruit slicing competition going. I would love nothing more than NBA speed slice. Wouldn't that be great? And the food has to be as proportional as it was in Wii Sports. I want the biggest watermelon you can find. You lob it up there, and you have, like, James Harden with the sword. And you're like, slice this up to the right diagonally. Yeah, how would that
1: sport work? Because you'd have to be yelling the command instead of, like, showing them to people. So like, could... if you were really gonna do it, you'd have to be like cut the watermelon three times in a left to right upward fashion.
0: <laughs> or you could paint an arrow on it. Mmm, that's a good call.
1: <laughs> Although, what if the arrow like is on the other side as the thing rotates? Um, is that just, just like a ball a... in baseball?
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, we'll do it again. Yup. All right, get me the other absurdly large fruit. <laughs> Love it.
1: So they're trying to make the bubble fun. What are they doing?
0: Okay, so one of the things they had planned was, you know, bringing in some DJs to play music. So mm-hmm. So they brought in three DJs, and only one player showed up, the White Howard.
1: how okay i have many questions yes why this okay why does this sound a lot like (laughs) (laughs) post-prom hey guys you can play sports there's all the food you want and we got this cool dj but you can't leave because you'll be in trouble it sounds like, like, like weeks and weeks of post-prom with just a slightly bigger focus on basketball. Um, second, Dwight. Dwight, I, I have several questions for Dwight Howard. One, why are you going to the NBA post-prom DJ? Two, why aren't you checking with your friends? <laughs> when Like, hey, are you going to go down to the, the DJ? And they're going to be like, no, that sounds lame. or Or three... Why are you staying? Like, does he get there and is just like, well, I can't leave now.
0: They said they'd be here soon. He just got... Oh,
1: my God. Oh, that makes me so sad for Dwight Howard. It makes me sad for the DJ. No, the DJ, I think, knows he's probably terrible. Because he's been pulled to, like, Total Drama Island. Like, he literally has a captive audience.
0: But he has no choice. More, more awkward for, like, Dwight or the DJ? Like, no one's paying Dwight. <laughs> Dwight doesn't
1: have the whole, like, ah, it's my job excuse. <laughs> I guess Dwight kind of does, because now it's his job to be on Total Drama Island. But yes. <laughs> My favorite thing, and did we, we might have talked about this on the pod last time, but my favorite thing is that they've split the teams up by seed and given the better teams nicer hotels. Did we talk about that last time? I don't think so. So, I, I don't know how familiar our listenership is with Disney, but basically there are three really big hotels at Disney, all connected by the monorail system. <laughs> There's the uh, Polynesian, the Grand Floridian, and the Cosmopolitan. Now, the Polynesian is, like, very nice and nicer than most people are going to stay in at Disney. But, like, of those three, it's definitely the little brother. And it's all like, I think it's close to Animal Kingdom, and it's all decked out in like island gear, and it looks like Polynesia. So they've got like the teams that are seated really low there. And then the Grand Floridian, which is like nice and southern and very stately, and like probably the same. I've been inside both the Cosmopolitan and the Grand Floridian, they both look great, but that's like the middle teams. So like my Rockets are in the Grand Floridian. And then there's the, um, the Cosmopolitan, which is like the super nice, swanky, like it was modern when it was built in nineteen ninety hotel. Uh and that's where like the Lakers are and the Bucks and Yeah. Yeah.
0: The teams with a shot. Right.
1: <laughs> so I think it's split up. How many teams are there right now?
0: Um, I believe twenty two teams are there.
1: Yeah. So I think it's basically split up in thirds. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because, like, I'm imagining these discussions going down. I feel like the Rockets were a bubble team between the Cosmopolitan and the Grand Floridian. I just feel bad that my guys got demoted.
0: <laughs> it's it's not the hotel that's bad. It's it's the thought that gets to me. It's the what? Oh, to me, it wouldn't be like, oh, the hotel is fine, but like, just the stigma. This is your second best hotel. It's like right. Right. I'm living fine, but oh, every every day I wake up, it's a sign of the disrespect.
1: So, okay, I have a question because I saw a quick like, <laughs> I love that. I love waking up in a very nice hotel and just being like, I can smell the like second bestness. This is not good enough. Um, one thing I'm curious about that I feel like you might know: do we know how much they're paying Disney to let them do this?
0: Probably a, a lot. Um, I'm sure I can find it. I know. Oh. I mean, it has to be more than what Disney thought they
1: could get out of these three hotels if they'd open them back up to the public. Also, did you see that scary welcome home video that Disney made? Uh, I
0: tried to avoid it, but. <laughs> I-, I
1: loved it. I loved every minute of it.
0: Uh, according to Yahoo Sports, reportedly one hundred and fifty million. Or one point five million a day. Jeez. Wait, they're gonna be there a hundred days? I, I guess maybe because the finals are scheduled for like September ish. Mm, and they've already been there what, like half a month? Yeah, some teams have. Okay. Jeez. Alrighty. But Disney is also the league's biggest customer because they own ESPN and ABC and pay the NBA 1.4 billion per year to show them games on the network.
1: Okay, so it's really just like we're gonna give you a discount. Yeah. Okay.
0: That's kind of awesome. Yeah. Another thing that's popped up in the bubble. Um this is This could have been accidental, but I just believe it's one of the greatest pieces of strategy I've ever seen. Kelly Oubre of the Suns tweeted out, Hey, did y'all like to get Uber Eats in the bubble? Yeah, just pretty easy. Just order it and, like, talk to some guy. So, Rashawn Holmes of the Kings sees that, calls in an Uber Eats man, goes to meet him, and now he has to quarantine for eight days because he met with somebody outside the bubble.
1: All right, now I want to know what he ordered. Do we know what he ordered? I don't
0: believe so. Damn it. Oh, that's funny. But I truly believe this was an intentional move by Kelly Oubre to get somebody to leave the bubble so they have to quarantine. I hope this becomes a new strategy. I love that.
1: (laughs) I think it'd be funny if, like, you were like, hey, let's order, like, the Celtics a pizza. And, like, some guy shows up and he's like, hey, this is courtesy of the New York Knicks. Like, enjoy, enjoy your pizza, guys. And even if whether they eat the pizza or not, they, like, opened the door for this guy.
0: So now they got to self-quarantine for, like, ever. <laughs> they call it pretending to be, like, their ball boy.
1: <laughs> now, they have had players, like, test positive,
0: right? Uh, yes. Not as many as... There have been in like a couple weeks ago, but mm-hmm. Eric Bledsoe of the Bucks just two days ago tested positive. But instead of it being an everyday thing, it's now a once every two or three day thing. So I see. I got you.
1: Um, I find it really interesting that the NBA was one of the first leagues to have to close. And so I think it's fascinating that they're some of the first people to come back.
0: That I believe was their main motivation in all of this. As I heard it was in all the leaks coming out from it was Adam Silver wants to be the first league back because they were the first league to shut down. And Mm. I think that's what caused them to go so hard on the bubble idea so early because you saw the, you saw the tide shift from, oh, the NBA doesn't want to damage two seasons to save this one. But then, as time got on, you realized, like, next season start was going to be delayed anyways. So, Mm -hmm. who cares if we finish the finals in late September, like... Right. Hmm. So, I think it's really interesting that they were, too, that they got their crap together so fast because... Like, they have, like, a 100-page health plan for this bubble. They they did their work, you know? (laughs)
1: Yeah. This is – that's a crazy number because I believe the one for public schools in this state is 25 pages. So, they're – yeah, the NBA is prepared. That's all I'm saying with that statement Mm -hmm. here is they have their decks in a row. I still don't know if it'll work. I just don't know what the transmission level is when you're playing basketball. Like, you're all touching the same thing. You're all breathing the same circulated air. You're sweating and spitting on each other. I'm sure they're going to have rules, much like Korean baseball did. But it's like, there's no spitting on the floor anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Like. And the floors will get disinfected between games. Will they? Yeah.
1: That makes sense. So how many, what courts are they using? How many courts do they have?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. I believe there are three courts at the NBA, at the ESPN-Wired World of Sports that they're sort of using because I don't think Mm -hmm. they want two games going on in the same venue at the same time. They're not going for that vibe yet. So they're just going to stagger them all throughout the day.
1: Okay, but they do have three different courts. Yes. Okay. Cool. That's interesting. Are they going to cart in, like, NBA logos for the floor, or are they just going to use, like, the ESPN Wide World of Sports floor?
0: I wish they were using the ESPN Wide World of Sports floor, but Uh, they are using an NBA floor. Is it just going to be, like, here's the NBA logo, or are they bringing in things for the teams? The teams will have their own – logos on their practice courts, but I don't believe they will for the actual games.
1: That's sad. Okay, to me, in the NBA, like, finals and playoffs, it's always a big deal who has home court advantage. Mm -hmm. That just doesn't matter now, right? No. So we could actually be getting a purer version. Yes. What I like about this is it feels like a basketball World Cup. Like, everybody's coming from all over. To one place. I actually think this could be a really fun way to do the playoffs in the future. Right? I like that. We just... Like, we're just going to shut down a city or a a bunch of cities in a close area and be like, we're going to play all the games here. Welcome to, like, Basketballville, USA.
0: Because this is, like, the most pure basketball we've got in a while. This is, like... Dystopia, lab rat stuff. Like you're in, you're in it. You're in this iron dome for three months with nothing to do but basketball. Right. No distractions. No fans. Play.
1: Except the Uber Eats guy. Except the. Uber and didn't one of them like get a call girl or something? Um, I know we try and keep this a family show, but. Nothing, we can't
0: not report the news. Nothing confirmed so far, but there was this one. Really, uh, there was one viral tweet from a girl that said, I just got invited to the bubble. This definitely ending early. <laughs> okay,
1: yeah. Great. There goes the NBA. Yep. I thought there was a controversy. Apparently, LeBron is going to wear his name.
0: Yes, he. LeBron said that the NBA did not consult him when choosing the list of messages to choose from. And he was upset about that, so he's just wearing his name.
1: Really? There's not a single one of those messages you can sign on to, buddy. Jeez. I like this guy less and less every year he plays.
0: Yeah, like, come on, dude. It was your idea and you're upset to call you about it. like. Right. I mean, I, I get why they had the list of options you could pick from, because some players were definitely going to get... Pretty creative with theirs and the wrong like, you had John Morant sing on Twitter. Uh, his number's twelve, and he wanted to wear twelve on the back of his jersey. Love it. <laughs> Don't
1: necessarily condone the message. Just like love that visual pun. I want to make clear like this is not a political statement for me. This is just me saying that's
0: hilarious. And, and Spencer <laughs> <Binby>. <laughs> <laughs> of the next his number is twenty-six, so he wanted to wear trillion to signify the national debt, which I also all,
1: love. It actually love that message. Yeah, not that many people know how big the national debt is. So <laughs> educational. <laughs> Move this sh- to PBS. Like. yeah,
0: I, I like that idea too. Just whatever number it is, just a terrifying fact about that number in front of it. Oh my that God, interest. I love that. Twenty-two percent of the world's prison population is in America. <laughs> Jeez. And just go down the line with that.
1: Fifty-two states is the number we should have after adding Puerto Rico and uh, DC.
0: Yes. Love it.
1: Absolutely states. adore it.
0: Do we want to clean Florida? Question. Mark. Forty-eight.
1: <laughs> Cut off Texas too. <laughs> Five Number of cities we can relocate the Rockets to. Oh, my God. Can we get the Omaha Rockets? I don't see do why not. Omaha
0: will, do you think Omaha will ever get an NBA team? Well, they had half of one for three seasons. What? Did they really? Yeah. You've never heard of the Kansas City Omaha Kings? From 72 to 75, the Kings played half their home games in Omaha and half in Kansas City. Seriously? Yeah.
1: I feel like there aren't a whole lot of, like, remnant Kings fans in the state of Nebraska.
0: Yeah, that, that's kind of surprising to me, too, because the Kings weren't a bad team back then. They had Nate Tiny Archibald, a Hall of Famer, and one of the Jeez. rare breeds where you have to say his first name and his nickname before you say the last name, like Walt Clyde Frazier. Nate Tiny Archibald. Just don't get that anymore. Anyway, No,
1: you don't. You don't. And yeah, they weren't a but, bad team. But Anderson always told us to be wary of people with three names. <laughs> John Wilkes Booth. John Wayne Gacy. Lee Harvey, Lee Harvey, Harvey Oswald. <laughs> also applies for people who have the same first name and last name. Sirhan. Sirhan. The Premier League, it's a thing. It's happening again, but what we've learned is when they restart, they're going to carry over a rule they've currently been using, which is that you can have five, count them, five substitutes in a game, which is a m- number that is two bigger than three. Um, it's cool. It's great. I just made a visual gag none of you will get. Um, God love audio formats. So... It's not cool. It's, it's, it's not great. I mean, it, it's interesting. It's, it's going to change the game. I don't know if it'll change it profoundly or slightly, but it opens up a lot more options for managers. So with five substitutions, you can basically make four and keep one in your pocket to feel safe. If somebody gets injured, um, Part of the reason I think this is getting carried forward is because they think it's going to help with head-to-head collisions. If two players knock each other in the head, there's less, like, given up by subbing them off. Now, I think it's, an easy, it's easy enough to make an exception for this and say, hey, you get a free substitute, or the referee can grant you a free substitution if it looks like your both players accidentally knocked each other in the head. Yeah. Yeah. So um, basically what they can do with five substitutes would be like take their entire defensive line off and substitute it for the second half to give themselves fresh legs or substitute their front three and center attacking midfielder and still have one, you know, kind of in the tank for if somebody gets hurt. So uh, what this could do to the transfer market is it could, cause the European leagues to stockpile older players who really only have 45 good minutes in them and increases the need for super subs. Um, because then they can be a bigger part of the game and have more impact, especially if you're swapping on two or three. Uh, if some of the big clubs adopt this as well, that means that the teams that don't are going to be more tired than the opposition they're playing against, even if they're younger, even if they're more fit even if they're more talented, they're going to be gassed because they've already run for 45 minutes before you bring in these new dudes. Um, I think the dearth in fitness is smaller than people think it is. I think that super subs are often very close to as fit as as the starting players. And the reason that they don't, make as much sense is because when you're just one player trying to slot into a bigger system, there's no time to build chemistry and it breaks everything down. Whereas if I put an entirely new front three out there, then you guys are working together and I probably have you guys practice together too. So I think it's going to be like every Premier League rule change, it'll find ways to favor the wealthy teams. It's also going to help some of the poorer teams if they decide to go all in on it and say, no, we're going to get an entirely second back four so that we can fight for draws more effectively. Because typically when a team's fighting for a draw, they don't give the points up until the very end of the match. When they're gassed, then it becomes a real talent versus talent kind of scenario. Um, The other thing that's going to trickle down to other leagues is it's going to keep older players uh, in Europe closer to or through the end of their careers um, so it could mean that less of them come to the MLS which would be really really bad for the MLS as they are much of a pull to the MLS that's what I got, any questions?
0: oh MLS if if they lose victory oh lap God. players that that's, that's the end of them anyways um. yeah <laughs> I I come up with this idea. I think, you know, you keep the three normal subs, but your last two have to be done hockey style. You have to sub them on in-game, have the player run off and have that player run on while the game's still going on. I I think hockey style subs. Uh,
1: I honestly don't understand why we don't do that in the first place.
0: Yeah. I think it's too,
1: like, well, part of it is, So that the other referees can see, okay, this player's coming on, this player's coming off. Because, like, in hockey, it matters less who's committing a foul. You know, but I could be giving a player a second yellow that could turn into a red. Or, like, if the last central attacking midfielder committed a foul, and I say, okay... Yellow card. Which has a great song called Ocean Avenue. But um Screw yellow card. Wait, why don't we like yellow card?
0: They they claim that Juice World stole one of their melodies for his song Lucid Dreams and they continued with the lawsuit after his death.
1: But I like Ocean Avenue. I
0: we all do, but
1: there's a place called Ocean Avenue. It's like classic '90s pop grunge yeah. crap. But they're so like, desperate for
0: money, they're suing a dead man. Like, come on.
1: Yeah, it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. They should have written more songs like Ocean Avenue. Amen. And that's that's the only song that it is I know. It's only and I favorite. don't, I don't remember any.
0: <sighs> no, it's not that song. It's like okay, some deep cut from. Their like 2009 album, which was 10 years after their relevancy, oh they God. claim because he used some rock influences. So he probably listened to our music, and he probably heard this song. So he probably copied the melody. That's their basis of the lawsuit. So messed up.
1: <laughs> Let me get this straight. They've hinged a whole suit on the idea that Juice World, Juice World, like the Juice World we know. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lawsuit that he listens to Yellow Card and draws inspiration from them.
0: Like, he he, he mentioned rock bands in the past as influences on him, but like... Jesus. Not, but nobody in the music world has ever been influenced by 2009 Yellow Card, okay? Nope. Nope. Just doesn't happen. <laughs> no. Alright. So Michigan has this weird relationship with a Division three school named Slippery Rock. I'm happy because their name is Slippery Rock. It's like, hey, <laughs> hey, that rock's pretty slippery. Let's name our town that. So, right, they're in Pennsylvania, right? Yes. How how it started, I forget. I can look it up right now. But I feel like I remember this part.
1: Like, they played a game. No, no, no. I remember how it started now. There was a journalist who thought that, like, the coach's poll and the predecessor of the AP poll was kind of stupid. Because he thought he could find a way to prove that Slippery Rock were the true national champions one year in, like, 1930. And it's like, okay, if you think that strength of schedule matters. No, it wasn't strength of schedule. It was, like, head-to-head wins instead of strength of schedule. And so he found a way to prove with head to head wins that Slippery Rock had beaten Rutgers, who had beaten like Maryland, who had beaten like Penn State, who had beaten like Michigan, who were like the national champions. And he was like, well, if head to head matters so much, Slippery Rock should be national champions. Because they beat the team, they beat the team, they beat the team, they beat the team, they beat the national champions.
0: That's an amazing story. Yeah, but I've also read that. Ah, their old Michigan's old radio announcer. You know, when he would announce scores from across the country, because you know back in the day that's all you had. And the guy was right. from fifty nine to seventy one. So it's like, oh, right. here's Ohio State score, Purdue, Illinois, and here's Slippery Rock because he liked the name.
1: So- yeah, I think that was he had heard of it because of this column.
0: Oh, okay. So these are and started
1: to announce slippery rock like it was a real powerhouse school. Yeah.
0: There we go. Just for the meme. Okay. So yeah. because of that and because of that Slippery Rock scores have always been announced.
1: I mean, they don't uh, announce them
0: at Memorial Stadium, do they? Cuz I've heard that other teams have like adopted this thing. With Slippery Rock not here, but I think it's mostly just the Michigan thing. So, mm. but yeah, and in, in fact, Slippery Rock even played a game at Michigan Stadium. They play one game right in there when Michigan's not using it. So that's kind of awesome. So, what, why we're mentioning this? Because number one, we think it's an awesome story. Number two, Nebraska should Slippery Rock a team. Just yeah, absolutely. I you think have a funny be- name and be somewhat local. I think
1: SDSU. The Jackrabbits. That's a weird name.
0: It's a fun school. But they were scheduled to play us this year before it got scrapped, and they're actually pretty dang good. I know. We could have a good Slippery
1: Rock. It's not like we're going to find a school with a name as funny as Slippery Rock, unless you did, in which
0: case I'm impressed. (laughs) What about, like, Peru State? Uh, I like it. Yeah.
1: Okay, what's their mascot again?
0: They're like the Cougars, I think.
1: Yeah. We'll take it. Peru <laughs> State. Starting out in the scores. Yeah.
0: All right. I think that's the episode. Is there anything else we didn't cover? No, but I'm just saying that would confuse a lot of visiting fans because they're like, Peru? That's in South America. And we're like, Yes it is. <laughs> Love it. All right.
1: I gotta run. It was good talking All to right, you, buddy. Thanks for yeah. listening, folks. All right.
0: Goodbye.